Radio. What's going on, everybody? Oh, we are back. This is episode 210 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. If you heard me say, oh, Jesus, and, 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 and over Kevin was because I, uh, he kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't realize he was uh, getting ready to say what's going on. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I've already hit record and everything. And we're sitting I didn't here see it. I was, ru- I was uh, rubbing my eye because uh, I had something in my eye. It's called your finger. No. So before we get going, we actually had a package sent to us by uh, David, one of our listeners, and his uh, and his lovely girlfriend, fiance, wife. I'm not sure what she is, but um, yeah. So let's uh, let's open this bitch up. I was warned that there is a secret message. Okay, inside the label, which says <laughs> "Boom, motherfucker." Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So we got that. And I, I did open the tape when I got home. I didn't go through it yet. We got an envelope. We have an envelope. I'll read that. This is Kevin's. I'll read that. Okay. So you read it. Okay. Then we can go through what we got. Because it was uh, it's a hefty package. There's some shit there. Kevin's. Thank you so much for answering all the questions David has asked recently. In regard to our new uh, little baby podcast. Yeah, they're starting up a show. Yay. And uh, when they do, uh, you're going to hear a, uh, an ad spot for it because I'm going to play one. Because that's if it weren't for we people doing shall. that. What's that? We shall play one. Yeah, but I have to add it in. That's what I meant. Sure. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I'm just being a smart ass. But if it weren't for people helping us out at the beginning, we wouldn't be where we are with, you know, tens of listeners. Yeah. So <laughs> um, uh, we can't explain how much it helped. To show, uh, to show our appreciation, see, I'm having a hard time reading this because I'm used to reading dog shit handwriting all day, and this is actually really good. We wanted to share a little bit of Indiana with you. All things made local to us. Enjoy the coffee. It's the tits. I can smell it from here, so I'm sure it probably is. Well, I sure as fuck can't, so okay. We have sent you the fucking best sweet corn, but, you know, travel time. So the next best thing, Indiana popcorn. Okay. Okay. And it... Let's 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 start digging. We can, so let's see the coffee. Uh, I don't know. Okay, let's see the coffee. Oh my god, oh my god, this one's fantastic. Um, so we got coffee. Uh, we've got a bag of corn in there somewhere. Unpop popcorn, which is excellent. Oh, that's the good shit. <coughs> um, Yotter. As for Yoder. the dog bones and the DW logo painting. Okay. Um, so we got a, a painting in there too. Um. Sarah uh, works for the company named on the bags. We work with the people who have who have intellectual and or developmental disabilities. The treats are handcrafted by a team of clients working together to gain better sense of simple daily living skills. That is fucking awesome. That's awesome. For measuring ingredients, blending and rolling the dough out, cutting the shapes, baking and packaging, and labeling each bag. Um, the art I had commissioned. It is also handmade by one client. This client will get 50% of the sell. Uh, while the other half goes back into the program for supplies. Also, fucking excellent. You guys are doing some good shit here. That is cool. One last thing. I want to thank you for all of the content you create that 
that has brought the love of my life so many laughs and tidbits of random info he bombs me with sometimes. He's really good at it. <laughs> From the bottom of our weird black hearts, thank you. Okay, so... So, we also have a PS in here. Uh, do not say the name or area where the treats and pictures come from if yeah, you need yeah. to read this on the show. So, we won't do that. Yeah, no. um, the coffee is from a company uh, in Goshen, Indiana. It's called Refinery, which this shit smells fantastic. Um, I'm usually not big on coffee, but that we'll have to split that because that smells really good. And it's pre-ground, so oh. I can run that through my, uh, my Keurig. Oh, what's this? Shot glass? Shot glass, huh? I guess. Ooh. Indiana shot glass. We'll put that right here on the table. The crossroads of Indiana. Of America. Sorry. It's Indiana. 1816. You got one, too. Hard to believe that that, that, was, that used to be considered, like, the West, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. You don't go past Ohio. It's scary there. Or it's like. Uh, mine is the Hoosier State, and I got a basketball and a race car on it. So nice. Oh, I didn't. I, I guess it was just. I don't know. I just picked them at random. They also, Indiana is breeding grounds for like super good white basketball players. Oh. Larry Bird. This is a fucking like. This is like. This is hand painted. Let's see. Oh, dude. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's fucking kick ass. That's getting hung up here for sure. Damn straight. We're gonna we'll post some pictures of that. That is fucking excellent. Thank you guys so much. Oh my god, thank you so freaking much. Okay, let's get we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll get everything together. I think we can hang that right over uh right over the station there because they're kind of running out of real estate here because there's gonna be a television behind you eventually. So, well, we'll uh we'll figure something out, or we can take the banner down and put it there. I think so. I have to hang the banner off the table or something where nobody will see it. Because nobody comes in here to see it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is going to go right there. I like it. That's, I like that. that is fucking killer. Yeah, so we'll, okay, we're going to get everything together once we get done and with the with the episode. And we'll, uh, we'll try to figure out what we can do about the... And, I mean, th- and thank you. I, I will let you guys know how Runa loves them. You know, she, I guarantee she will love them. I mean, I mean, full disclosure, my dogs won't taste them because they don't chew. It's just like snap and it's gone. They don't. Well, yeah, Runa will get them every night because, you know, she's that's what she does. She gets treats every night before she goes to bed. So what's funny is my boss has been has been bringing his puppy into work with him. Uh, he has a cane Corso puppy who yeah. is already the size of my beagle. Yeah. Um, And like I gave her a French fry today, like. My dogs, if you threw them a french fry, it was like it just fucking vanishes into the abyss. It never existed. I hand this dog a french fry, and she walks away with it, sits down, like rips a little piece off, and she sits there and chomps on it. Then does this, like she'll hold it with a paw and just rip little pieces of it off. I'm like, I've never seen a dog eat that delicately before. Runa, she will, if I give her something, she takes it, and she has to go around, and she has to go into her... And back into the bedroom, okay, to her crate, mm-hmm. and then she will proceed to eat it there. And sometimes it takes her a little bit to eat it, but she will eat it. I mean, you know, if I go near her, it's like, oh, my God, that's a take it away. Go. <laughs> so if I get up because I have to, you know, do whatever, she thinks I'm coming after it. So right. she, like, goes right into her crate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. My, my dog's like, you throw food near them, and it's... 
So I it's kind of, almost like sticking your hand in like piranha water, you know. All I can think of when I see this popcorn, it's, uh, is was it Yoder? Yoder, Yoder, I don't know. It's Amish country goodness. Oh shit! So all I can think of when I see this is my great grandmother cooking popcorn on her stove. I've never actually done that before. She so used this to is do be it. Interesting. She used to do it in her pressure cooker. Oh no shit! Yeah. I mean, I've made the Jiffy Pop stuff, but that doesn't count. Yeah, and, or she would take. Uh, my grandparents used to have a popcorn popper. Yeah, my grandmother had one too. And then would do that. Yep. We've got a popcorn machine at work, but that thing is like nasty. Your your grandmother used to cook the make not cook but make the best popcorn balls. Goddamn right she did. I can't stop looking at that. It's so goddamn cool. That is Hold cool. On. Oh yeah, show oh, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't hear that, my wa- I yelled at my wife so she could come see, and she goes, "Sorry, I had to put my titty away because I'm assuming she's feeding the boy." <laughs> That's cool. Right? I like that. Where are you gonna put it? Uh, we're gonna get take the banner down and put it here. I think. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very fucking cool. Makes me jealous that I have no artistic ability. <laughs> I know. You just have artistic ability. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'm good at is talking. <laughs> And I'm like, and me, I'm like mediocre at talking, but I knew that. Okay. I knew there was, yeah. Oh I, yeah. I knew there was coffee in there. As soon as I cut the tape, I could smell it through the box. I was like, fuck me sideways. So we're going to split that. So, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. No, those are ours. No, no. We're splitting that with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and we got some uh, we got some uh, stovetop popcorn to do. Have you ever done that? So we'll have to have okay. we'll, we'll have to popper. we'll have to have a popcorn night. <laughs> you can have your own popcorn night. <laughs> I won't cook it. No, I don't. You just eat it raw. No, I just I, I have to have something. Popcorn? I would have to have a air. I have to get one. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. I do at the bottom if they're like uh-huh. popped. Those are the only ones that I like. I, 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 in, I intentionally cut my popcorn off in the microwave so I can have a couple extra ones at the bottom. <laughs> Which is, probably explains why my teeth explode. Probably. Because, you know. I just haven't had, like, popcorn in a long time. So, anyway. Let's uh, let's get to it here. Um, yeah, so this week it, you this, got I got to badass. do a badass. Um, we <laughs> rag on the British a lot. Because no 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 we were back on Ben a lot. Well no because we got Danny too. Yeah okay. And then yeah. we have an, we have Australian listeners and I think okay. we have some Canadian listeners okay. so they're kind of like British adjacent you know <laughs> they're they're all from countries that the British controlled at one point Listen, time or another. We're not we're not um, we're equal opportunity assholes to everyone. What, what what I'm getting at here is if you have the Queen Mother on your money, you guys suffered a great loss this this past week um even though she was a lizard <laughs> so i figured in honor True. of the dead queen <gasps> lizard people why not talk about a bad badass lizard a badass irishman instead <laughs> Whoa, fuck. i mean technically he is from the british part of ireland so oh the north yeah he was yeah so we are going to talk about a man named robert blair maine Goes by the name of Patty for most of his life, though, as, you know, 80% of fucking Irish dudes do. 
Is it M-A-N-E? M-A-Y-N-E. Okay. Yep. So, Patty Maine is born January 11th, 1915 in the town of Newtonards, uh, County Down, Ireland. It's a beautiful little town just down the road from Belfast, tucked into the top little, like, tippity top of, uh, of Strangford Lau, which is a little, uh, kind of like a mini lock kind of deal, you know? Um... Sure. One day I'll get over there. So it's a it's a long, skinny lake. Now he's born at a time where shit's about to get real spicy on the Emerald Isle. Um, okay, nineteen fifteen. Yeah, because um, hmm. uh, nineteen fifteen was a year, and then nineteen sixteen, there was a thing that happened, <laughs> where a bunch of IRA leaders. This is before they were terrorists. Um, were gunned down in the streets and kind of really kicked off the whole Irish civil war kind of thing that would eventually turn into, are we talking about that? Oh no, no, no. But we're, we're in the time frame though. What is it? I don't know what it is. What? I'm, I'm, my brain is like, what, what is it? Oh no, this is like the, like the beginning of like, like the Irish civil war, that kind of territory. Oh, like, you know, that. Bloody Monday or whatever. Bloody Sunday. That or was whatever, not. That sure. was nineteen seventy-two. Okay, different one. This was this was like Easter uprising time frame. Oh, um, but before he turned two years old, the country would start to tear itself apart in turmoil after the Easter uprising of nineteen sixteen. Okay, this isn't the episode for that, but we'll get there eventually. I promise, because there's a lot of really cool shit to talk about there. Yeah, um, especially when you start talking about the tactics of. Farmers versus trained military people where, you know, oh, if you're if you're just a bunch of armed citizens, you you won't do anything against the army. OK, tell the Irish that tell the Vietnamese that, you know, the Somalis and Afghanis, whatever, you know, farmers, us, tell us that <laughs> farmers have never beaten a, a stronger fucking military force. But no, whatever, you know. not with the rifle that they have in there. You know, in their house to go hunting with. There, there's a really it. awesome video that somebody posted to the Facebook page of <laughs> uh, Taliban Black Hawk Down, where one of our, I mean, technically our machinery uh, that we paid for with our tax money that got left there um, by our fucking ridiculous government. Um, the Taliban was training learning how to fly this black hawk and it was fully loaded with dudes and that motherfucker was like rocking back and forth in the air and i'm like oh man this is gonna be good and then all of a sudden it just fucking nosedives like you don't see it actually hit but you see a dust cloud and just chunks <laughs> of shit flying everywhere and i commented i was like man i'm really gr- i'm really glad ridley scott finally did a sequel to black hawk down yeah that was funny fuck you <laughs> Muhammad Durant, you will not be left behind. Uh, anyway. So he was number six of seven kids. That's that in quote of the night. Just want to let you know. No, Muhammad definitely Durant. not. Believe me. Um, oh, I just picked it. So it is. Ha ha. So he was born six of seven kids um, to a pretty well-to-do Protestant family. It's a big um, family. And being Irish, uh, they were probably... Seven kids under the age of nine, I would assume. <laughs> you know, we got hey, fucking fuck right rabbits. You got fucking Irish quadruplets in here. Um, 
but they owned a handful of pretty successful businesses in town and a bunch of land. And he was given the name Robert Blair uh, after a relative who was an officer in the British Army um, when right around when he was born. Um, and this guy actually fought in World War One. Pretty badass, you know. Um, one of the people that was lucky enough to come home from the trenches. He's also allegedly, allegedly, because I couldn't find anything that would tie him to him. Yeah. A descendant of Gordon Turnbull of the uh, Royal Scots Greys who led the legendary Scotland Forever charge at Waterloo, um, where they basically charged down off of this hill in cavalry formation, got their dicks kicked in. But when Napoleon was finally captured, these were the guys that were like, that surrounded him Uh, were the remnants of this cavalry company. Okay. Because the Scots are fucking relentless. Yeah. They, They don't, they don't care. They will kill you, especially if you're, I guess French. Um, I mean, I think that'd be more like if they're English, but it's okay. At this point in time, they kind of buried the hatchet, you know. William Wallace is long dead in the ground. Their fucking free, their spirit for freedom has has died. Um, Robert W. And now, you know, English people in Parliament are allowed to tell them to go kill themselves if they're, you know, Scottish people also in parliament i've i've seen videos of that why don't you just kill yourself and you know let an english person take your seat so there's not still like a superiority complex there or anything you know no never wait till they rise up and come out of the fucking hills and start slaughtering your children in the streets (laughs) (laughs) you're all it's gonna be mel gibson (laughs) and that teacher from fucking harry potter again it's gonna be great which teacher uh the big fucking ginger one with the goofy eye Oh, geez, um, my brain's... I don't know. He had, like, a mechanical eye. I've never seen all of the movies. But he, oh. he played Hamish in uh, in Braveheart. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what you're talking about. He died, though, in the, in Harry Potter. But anyway. Okay, well... Yeah. Well, you I know what you're talking about, though. You, you also was... get Chibs, because he was he in wasn't... that, too. Yeah. Oh, because... He, well, he really wasn't a teacher. Never mind. I mean, I'm not going to go into it. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Into I, it. I'm not versed enough in Harry <laughs> Potter lore to care. But, like I said, Chibs will also be there, because, you know... He was in it too. Oh, it's true. And uh, yeah, they had they. His wife was the one that had uh, um, uh, um, was taken away by the um, prima nocta. Yeah, for prima nocta. Yeah, by fucking first night. Yeah, that scumbag king that they had. Well, it wasn't king. It was a, a lord. Doesn't matter. Still royalty. Well, yeah. also speaking of the word scumbag, another British term that I learned. Because, like, I used the term scumbag all the time. Didn't know that that is an old-timey slang term for a used condom. Uh-huh. Because it caught your scum. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking gross. So every okay. time I call somebody a scumbag now, I'm like, yeah, pretty much a waste to come. All yeah. right. <laughs> so something you learned. Okay, now I got I to gotta chime in. This is real a soft tangent. That has nothing to do with the show. But I learned this today, and I want to hear if from everybody else. If this is true or not, that you, or you, if you believe this is true or you think it's a bunch of bullshit, I was told that if you didn't text message, give someone the thumbs up, that's basically like give them the finger. I've never heard of that. I was like, what the fuck? So I've been giving the, the thumbs up to people and it's basically I'm giving them the finger. I've heard it's, that's what it is. If I'm going to give you the finger via text message, I will send you the middle finger emoji that they put in. Yeah, well, apparently... The thumbs up is the middle finger. I don't know. No, I think the thumbs up is like, 
kind of like a condescending, like, yeah, I'll get right on it, you know. Yeah, but what if you mean, you know, like, you know, it's like, okay, you know. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I also learned that uh, at work, if you start an email with per my last email, basically is like starting it off by going, listen, motherfucker, I've already told you this once. Ah. And then you continue to tell them that again. Okay. Um, I was told that is the most polite way to tell somebody to go fuck themselves in a work setting. Aha. Uh-huh. So my boss and I had a conversation today and I started it with as my la- <laughs> per my last email and you just fucking laughed at me because <laughs> he's the one that told me about it. Um, anyway. So little did, you know, mom and dad main realize they had just created a monster. As uh, as a youth, he would attend the Regent House Grammar School, um, which again, you know, well-to-do kind of hoity-toity family we got money. So this is where he kind of discovered his love for sports. Um, he, ex- he This dude was good at everything he did. He excelled in every sport he played, cricket, golf. Um, Don't understand cricket. Mostly focused on rugby. Badass Just sport. so he could pound the shit out of everybody you know, that was wearing a different color jersey, apparently. It's um, a badass sport. It but is. I don't understand some of it. I know there's a uh, there's a position in there called a hooker. <laughs> there is? Yeah. What is it? I don't know where that is. Um, I believe it's like when they get all scrummed up. I think the hooker is the guy that trying to like gets underneath and tries to hook the ball out. I could be wrong. I do know it as a position though. Oh. And okay. most of the other ones have, like share the same with like soccer for position names. You got, like, I have wings and centers and shit like that. I absolutely or hockey, have no you know, clue. Sport that I would actually relate to because I don't understand like the whole like kickoff thing and. And then you have – some of the stuff, like, I don't understand. Like, I understand, like, when you score, you have to, like, touch it down. Yeah, which is where the term touchdown comes from. The ball has to be placed. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, like, dive through the air like a, like a fucking maniac and land on your chest and do it. You can just run through and pop that bitch yeah. down. And I think it's, like, depends on where you are. Because, like, they, when they Different kick it – Different angled the... kicks count for yeah. more or whatever. Yeah. Cricket anyway. is fucking ridiculous. Cricket has no excuse to, to I exist got no, anymore. I still don't have an, because a clue about Americans that took cricket and we perfected it and call it baseball. So cricket can die now. I still have no clue. Fucking about Indians to... and Pakistanis and all these guys that want to play cricket. You guys can learn how to play baseball. It's pretty fucking cool. That's all. That's you don't have to wear the stupid fucking horse riding helmet. You wear a glove while you're in the field. You don't have to. I, I don't know. Cricket is the dumbest fucking sport that I've ever attempted to watch. It's weird. I would rather watch golf than cricket. Like you can hit a home run from behind you. It, yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's, I, don't, I don't. Yeah. Alcoholics creating baseball is what cricket is. Or it's and just, I hit the ball. It's just went the other way. I don't care. Fuck it. Or it's just la- people that are like, you know what? We want to be able to make it count anywhere we hit it. I'm going to hit the shit out of this thing and then not run. Well, they have Get to the run. Fuck out of here. No, 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 you have to run. No, they don't. They, they run back and forth. Yeah, that's running. It's like fucking eight feet. <laughs> I'll give it ten. It's still, it's a it's stupid not that sport. Far. It's a dumb fucking sport. I don't. Well, we're calling it dumb because we don't understand it. No, I, I, I've talked to people that understand it and still say it's a dumb sport. Okay, well, you want to see an interesting one? Check out hurling. It's like if, if you mixed rugby, lacrosse, and field hockey together. Uh yeah, there's there's pictures that I've seen of guys getting their fucking face masks caved in with these sticks. Hmm. Oh, it's brutal. Anyway, 
this is what happens when we get on a yeah. <laughs> on a topic that we like and we're like, oh, right. sports. Um, he also showed a lot of promise in the uh, the school's rifle club, where he would be scored no. as a marksman. No. This is back when your school could have a fucking rifle club. Well, I mean, uh, this is they... back when if you lived in the UK, you were allowed to own a rifle. You know, for just whatever reason you felt like. Well, I wonder if that's just I uh, Scotland or Scotland in uh, what in England that you can't really do that, or if oh it's, no, it's, uh... it's the entire like the entirety of the UK is pretty. Well, because isn't Ireland its own its own governing Southern body? Southern Ireland is, and they still pretty much follow all the same rules. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So the rifle stuff is going to come in handy here. Okay. It's it's a tool that we're going to use later. Okay. <laughs> it's a specialty item that we've collected. It's like Resident Evil, where you just yes pick up some weird ass like puzzle piece. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I know I'm going to need it. Yeah. And you stick it in your pocket and you hold on to it. I saw a new Resident Evil game that I I was like, huh, I wonder if Kevin's going to play that. What? Some there's a new Resident Evil game coming out. I don't know. It's some like Dead by Daylight version, uh, but it's but it's Resident Evil, and there's some fucking idea. guy that I was like, wait a minute, who the hell is this guy? Okay, I have to ask Kevin this. And then, if you've ever seen, like, a, I've seen it on YouTube. There's a commercial for it. Well, I haven't seen anything for it. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Check it out. And then you can be like, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is, because you fucking played What's every single one like? of them. I don't know, it looked like some douche that had glasses on, then all of a sudden he fucking, like, Something came out of like out of like goop out of his arm. Fucking went raw. Albert Wesker. He's like one of the main. Bad See, guys. I knew you would yeah. fucking know. I was gonna say if he has a gay haircut and he's blonde, that's Leon Kennedy, and he's just the fucking worst. No, no, no this is a bad dude. It is blonde, but he's got like <sighs> yeah, a it's buzz cut, something like that. That's uh, Wesker. The sunglasses. Sunglasses. Yeah, that's Wesker. Yeah. See, I knew Leon you would Kennedy know. still fucking sucks. I don't care. Yeah, you can be a Resident <laughs> Evil fan. I don't care. He, he's a douche. He's a turd. I hated him. See, you're the one I come to when I go, okay, I need to know about Resident Evil and Metal Gear, Metal Solid. Gear Solid. Yeah. You know, I, I know that you'll know these. Yeah, because I do. Anyway. <laughs> um, That's Kevin's inner nerdum. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hop back to the rugby real quick. Okay. So he would make the school's first team, which I assume oh, is kind of yeah. like their version of varsity. Yeah. I would I would think. Yep. Um, he did this at the age of 16. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. He would also go on to play for the Ards RFC, uh, which is a local Division II, like, pro team. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was doing, he was playing rugby at the age of 16 against grown-ass men. He's pretty fucking rugged. Okay. Yeah. So after primary school, he would move on to the Queen's University of Belfast, where he studied to become a solicitor, which is just a... Fancy ass term for a lawyer in England. You have barristers and solicitors, and I don't know the difference between the two. I know that they're both fucking vampires, though, <laughs> because that's all lawyers are. Um, and like the only interaction I've ever had with a lawyer was when we were buying our house, and I was like, something's off here. Like this weird energy, and this guy's gonna bleed me dry somehow. I'm not sure. Um, so, obviously, he's not a dumb guy because he's trying to become a lawyer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he also got into boxing at this point in time, and he's pretty fucking good at it. Um, just like everything else he's, he's done up to this point. He would become the university's heavyweight boxing champion in 1936. 
Wow. He would then go on to the British University's Heavyweight Championship, which is a tournament that was held in, I believe, London. Um, and he would lose in the finals by points. Oh, wow. So that's like the worst fucking way to, to lose a boxing match. Like, if yeah. I was a boxer, I would rather get my ass knocked out than lose on points. Because that means that you're fighting somebody like Floyd Mayweather, who doesn't really want to fight. He's going to, like, fucking throw a couple here and yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. True, true. No. I want to fight, like, Mike Tyson, who's going to come out there and fucking kill me in the middle of the ring. Or, like, Oscar De La Hoya or somewhere like that. Minus the know? high heels. But um, he's not, not allowed to wear those. It's illegal. So, What? Oh, Oscar De La Hoya is a big-time cross-dresser, dude. Yeah. Okay, sure. I don't yeah. know. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, fucking, uh, oh, my God, what's his name there? Hoover. Ah. Yep. Herbert Hoover. Or as a, was it an Archer J. Edna? They called him. <laughs> <laughs> um, also forgot to mention, uh, full grown, this guy is six foot three and 240 pounds. Oh, wow. He's a fucking horse. Like, yeah. He, he, most people, when they think of the Irish, they think, you know, oh, look, his leprechauns and shit. And then this dude built like fucking Brock Lesnar comes out of there. And he's just like calling everybody a cunt and beating up refrigerators and stuff like that. True. Um, so this whole time, well, he's like beating the living shit out of the smartest kid, kids in the UK. He's also golfing where he won the, uh, the Scrabo, uh, golf president's club with an eight handicap. Not sure what the fuck that means. Neither. Um, good at golf, but he did that in 1937. He was also in the officer training court at the university in that same fucking year. He would gain his first rugby cap, which, um, what that is, is basically you get a hat awarded to you every time you, you play in an international like professional game. Yeah. So he would get his first cap that year. Um, and that came in a game against Wales. And then he would gain five more caps and earn himself a spot on the British lions national touring team. And he would end up going on tour in 1938 in South Africa at the age of 23. Oh, wow. So yeah, again, this dude is good at everything he does. He is a fucking sounds like beast. It. Yeah, for sure. He was also an absolute fucking nightmare in South Africa. The British Lions lost their first match, but he was praised by local newspapers for his athleticism on the pitch. Um, mostly his speed for his size. Because usually guys this size are not as fast as he was. Um, there were some accounts of him running down like the smaller, faster guys in the other team. Just hmm. chasing their asses down, catching them, and, wow. you know, he was pretty quick. Um, he would actually go, he would end up playing 20 out of the 23 matches that were held in South Africa. This w- uh, this is when his unhinged side starts to kind of shine through and come to the surface. Uh, he went bananas in South Africa. He's doing a legendary amount of drinking. Um, when his teammates said he was drinking a lot, uh, he, I'm sorry, when his teammates said he was drinking hard, keep in mind that he's also Irish. So that's drinking enough to kill most large animals. Um, yeah. And he's also hanging out with Brits and South Africans who can also drink. And he's well, scaring these guys with how much he drinks. <laughs> well, because the South Africans are de facto Brits. They're white trash Australians. They're Australians with German Australian Australians trying to do German accents. If you've ever listened to South African, it's pretty much what it sounds like. 
or mm. Afrikaans, whatever the fuck their made up bullshit language is. Hmm. It's like Dutch and English kind of mixed together, and it sounds terrible. Hmm. If you've ever seen a movie with a mercenary in it, he was probably South African. <laughs> Fucking, if it tells you anything, Kano from Mortal Kombat is South African. That kind of tells you like where they're, you know, how they're built. Was he not? Yeah, I thought he was Australian. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's South African. Okay, whatever. He's a dick. Either way. Yeah, he is. Um, fucking goddamn floating ball bullshit that he did, motherfucker. Um, so he had a habit of. Uh, <laughs> this is where it gets fun. He had a habit of busting into his teammates' room at uh, rooms at night and just completely trashing the room like a wild animal and running back out. Um, there's a group of convicts that were working on the stadium that they were actually playing in. And at night they would basically sleep under the scaffolding that they had, uh, had erected to continue working. Um, and Patty became friends with one of these guys, snuck him in a, uh, some clothing that eventually when the guys rearrested would be found to be Patty's clothing. Cause they had his name fucking sewn into the, into the, <laughs> like written in the tags. Um, so he busts this dude out of jail and they just go out fucking drinking. Um, they steal a couple of uniforms, like sailor uniforms. They go down to the docks and pick fights with fucking dock workers and shit. And they just beat the shit out of everybody. Okay. <laughs> it's it's kind of just, it's fun here. Oh, sorry. It's, it's a Ellis park stadium is where they were, uh, where they were playing. That was being worked on one night. He left a sports banquet in the middle of it. Gives him the old Irish. Goodbye. Gets up without saying a fucking word to anybody. And just starts walking around town. <laughs> Sees these two or three guys walking through, you know, walking out towards a, a field with rifles. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're going antelope hunting. And he goes, oh, I'm going with you. Okay. The next time anybody recalls seeing him was his roommate, who was a Presbyterian minister that also played on the rugby team. Okay. Wakes up in the middle of the night to Patty crouched on the floor of the bloody carcass of an antelope shirtless in his room, covered in blood like some kind of fucking feral cat. <laughs> his roommate goes, you got to get rid of that fucking thing. You can't have that here. You're going to get us in trouble. So one of his other teammates had been complaining about the quality of the meat since they'd gotten to South Africa. So Patty, drunk, shirtless, covered in blood, kicks his fucking door in, snaps the lights on, and throws this dead antelope into bed with him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This dude freaks the fuck out. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you're going to get us arrested. Get yeah, rid of this yeah, goddamn yeah. thing. So like in the struggle of trying to get this dead animal off of him, this guy cut his leg on either um, a hoof or an, uh, a horn. And he would actually end up missing a couple of games due to the, the severity of his injury. Yeah. Um. So Patty's like, I got to get rid of this thing. We're, we're going to get in deep shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> he slings it back over his shoulder, walks down the hall, turns the corner, and finds the room of the South African national team's manager. He drops it on the ground in front of his door, <laughs> pins a note to it, and fucking knocks on the door and runs off like a drunk child. <laughs> okay. The note would say, a gift of fresh meat from the Irish. <laughs> this dude is a fuck. He's a fucking handful, okay? Oh, Jesus. And we haven't even gotten into the good shit yet. This is just Patty Maine being Patty Maine. Okay. So, early in 1939, he returned to Ireland and graduated from university. Ends up joining the law firm of, 
law firm of George McLean and Company in Belfast. Um, well, being a lawyer, he's also playing, you know, Irish national rugby. He'd play in three games, after which, um, <laughs> during a, a post-game celebration where his team won, Patty is completely fucking wasted. They're at the Swansea Hotel, uh-huh. celebrating, having a good time. Yeah, yeah. There's all the windows are open and everything. Patty grabs one of his teammates by the back of the shirt and the pants and just fucking threw him out the window. <laughs> he never checked to see what floor he was on either. He just yeets this dude out the fucking yeah. window. Thankfully, they were on the ground floor. The guy landed in the bush and he's, bushes and he was fine. <laughs> but he, this goes to show the kind of guy that he is where he's just like, nah, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know, yeah, yeah. there's no planning with Patty. It just it, it happens. He's a, it's, it's fucking full bore. Spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know. Um, so you've been listening to our show long enough to know that 1939, 1940, it's a good years, some good years. I feel like you don't even have to say it, but Hitler starts being a shitbag. Oh, you know, we, we know. Yeah. Patty would run to, and then through the closest recruiting station and sign up. He, uh, he, uh, he ended up joining up with the, uh, fifth light anti-aircraft battery. And very, very quickly learned he was not cut out for the AA scene. And he transferred units. They end up transferring him to another anti-aircraft unit. Okay. And he's pissed. Because he's like, I'm going to sit here, fucking dick in hand, and just do nothing. Yeah. So, one of two things happens. (laughs) He either requests his leave, or he is kicked out of the military. But it doesn't matter because then he would go join up with the Royal Ulster Rifles, which was a infantry division. Okay. Which made Patty happy. Yeah. This is what he wanted to do. Patty happy. Yeah. Patty good boy. <laughs> Patty smash. Um, he take he uh end up going with a few friends and his brother Douglas. They all kind of joined up into the same division oh, here. Oh boy. Not only was this more his speed he would also meet up with the most stereotypical Irishman of all time. You're going to think I'm making this la- this name up. Okay. Owen McGonagall. <laughs> E-O-I-N is that McGonagall. 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 Ah, is that Professor McGonagall's uh, son? No, no, it's not. Uh, so he was from County Tyrone, which also made him... Uh, Northern Irish and no County Tyrone is not where they stick all the black people in Ireland. Like some people have been like, wait a minute, where'd that name come from? Like, (laughs) this is the Detroit of Ireland, motherfucker. So with them all being Northern Irish, there's no real threat of infighting due to the political horse shit that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because obviously the North Irish were loyal to the English and the rest of Ireland just wanted to create a unified and free state. And they were somehow the bad guys. You know, you get Uh, Catholics and Protestants, you know, fucking slap, a, you know, some, you know, you grab a fucking M16 and a balaclava and all of a sudden you're a terrorist. You know, it doesn't (laughs) seem right to me. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. It's I guess what it is. It's how it goes. So he and his didn't do much until the Wehrmacht and the Panzer Division start penetrating the impenetrable forest of the Ardennes and then march into Paris. Um, Once the Germans took Paris, the Brits finally started getting revved up about everything for the fight. And honestly, I 
kind of think that it's maybe like a little bit of a fuck you to their like longtime bitter rival. Just be like, ha, 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 they took your capital. Okay, now we'll come help. Yeah. You know, um, it seems like a very British thing to do, like very dry sense of humor and, you know, just a little fucking, of course. you know, a little passive aggressive. Oh, no. yeah. That's the post-it note of war crimes, basically. Yeah. Um, so another huge event is about to take place, and that is Winston motherfucking Churchill taking office as the prime minister. Um. There was at one point a thought that maybe, just maybe, the Brits would try to negotiate with Hitler to avoid going to war. And Churchill had this to say, quote, you cannot reason with a tiger with your head in its mouth. And from there, it's just on because Winston Churchill's got a war boner. Patty's got a war boner. Fucking Jack Churchill's got a war boner. Yeah. Um, a couple of other British fellows that I'm going to talk about at some point in time have huge war boners. Yeah. So now we have to go kill Germans. Of course. And French, in Patty's case. Of so, <laughs> so Churchill wanted to create what he referred to as a butcher and bolt rating force. Basically, uh, the British equivalent of shit and get. Okay. You get in, do your shit, and get the fuck out fast. Um, and in his words, quote, specially trained troops of the hunter class who can develop a reign of terror up and down the enemy coast. So he, he's, he's already got it in his head what he needs to happen here. And it's going to happen here shortly. So he wanted some just hard charging, swinging dicks to get over the channel and make Nazis mascara run. They're just going to go face fuck these Germans until they're in tears. Okay. Okay. Our boy Patty signs up with the 11th Scottish commando. Uh, where he was commissioned as a second lieutenant, which may sound like a bad idea because this guy is a fucking menace to society, but he graduated from college. True. So the British system works much, much like ours, where yeah. um, if you weren't out plowing a field fucking three weeks before the war started and you actually went to college, you get commissioned as an officer so you can get people lost in the woods, um, well, at least in our case. So he'd be commissioned as a second lieutenant. So his first taste of war would be during the Syria-Lebanon campaign against these scum-sucking fucking Vichy French pussies. <laughs> Fuck them. They gave up. They fucking surrendered their own people for their own, their own fucking safety. Fuck them. The French government during World War II is the reason that everybody call, thinks the French are a bunch of pussies. Because then you have the resistance fighters who were out there gunning motherfuckers down on bicycles. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they were badass. Cre- like... Making fucking explosives in their basement and then sticking them to tanks and running off. I mean, it's pretty badass. Yeah. Their government were a bunch of pussies. The people in France that wanted to fight were bad, bad motherfuckers. Like Michael Jackson bad, except without the pedophilia. Uh Um, Anyway. So his big shit started at the Battle of Latani River um, when, (laughs) man, these names. Major... And I had to go, I had to go by his given name because I can't, Richard Petter (laughs) was killed. (laughs) (laughs) Old Dick Petter. (laughs) Old Dick Petter. (laughs) And it's P-E-T-T-E-R. Whatever. It's Petter. That's how his last name is spelled. He's a Petter, all right. Fucking Ricky Petter. Which Petter is he? (laughs) And he's not just Dick Petter, he's Major Dick Petter. Oh. So, like, that thing has got... 
yeah. some fucking calluses. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> he's giving his dick an Indian sunburn. He's petting so much. Um, uh. So anyway, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unknown whether he's killed by an enemy sniper or if he sucks started a German 88 because his name is Dick Petter. But either way, he's gone. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so Patty pulls a real, like, look at me. I am the captain now. And he fucking takes control of the 11th Scottish commandos. Yeah. Um, for his action in the battle where he captured objectives and captured anything that uh, didn't offer resistance enough for him to kill it. Um, he'd be mentioned in dispatches, which is kind of a big deal. It's, uh, basically a superior, a superior officer would mention you in a positive manner in either an after action report or, um, just like a, an oral report to a, a even more superior officer. So you're getting mentioned by amongst very important people for what you're doing. So it's, yeah. a, it's a big thing. Yep. This next part may or may not be true. Okay. Patty supposedly had a real hard on for this guy named Charles Napier, who is the second in command of his battalion. The reason for that is that while he was out at this battle uh, in uh, of Latani River, um, Napier allegedly shot and killed Patty's dog. While he's out kicking French dicks into the sand. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Patty fucking loved his dog. I, I have a picture of it. I will post with it. It's this little Jack Russell Terrier. So it's a mouthy fucking dog. I can tell you that right now. Because Jack Russell Terriers don't have an off button. They bark in their sleep. Yeah. Um. So on June 21st, Patty Wick got absolutely blitzed. Not like Germans invading Poland blitzed, but like Irish blitzed. Um. And he waited outside of Napier's tent. And when he arrived, he beat the absolute dog shit out of this guy. When Napier regained his consciousness and footing, he ran off with Patty giving bayonet laden chase. He apparently chased this guy around base for the better part of 20 minutes with a bayonet trying to kill him. So don't fuck with Patty's dog is what we're getting at. So... From there, it's like one of those fucking things that you had in, in elementary school where you had to like one, two, three, one, you know, those the puzzle. Yeah. And you had to like right. fucking open it up. Orange. People yeah, yeah, know yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Another one of four things happens here. After he's beat the, the, the fuck out of this dude. One, he's dismissed from 11th commando in general, like all the all together. Two, he was imprisoned. Three. He hit the wrong dude, and the wrong dude being the overall commander of the unit. Or four, none of this actually happened at all. Yeah. I like to think that he beat the shit out of the guy that shot his dog. Um, another time, he's at a bar, um, and he got some less than stellar customer service from either the bartender or the owner. Yeah. Um, he would reach across the counter, slap this man in the face, grab him by the collar, and drag him over the bar. Out onto the dance floor to tango. Patty, being a very, very white man, didn't dance. He would instead empty his revolver around the man's feet and watch him two-step and shit himself at the same time. <laughs> Yet another actual confirmed story was while he was in Paris. Patty's sitting there having a, you know, having a coffee, having a tea, whatever. Out of this neat little cafe outside. 
And I like to think that he's just kind of sitting there, you know, maybe stretched and popped his back, reaches into his pocket and pulls out a grenade, pulls the pin out and just flicks it across the courtyard, sets it on his table. People obviously freak out over a live grenade being, you know, vis- like visible. Yeah. Um, they're diving under tables. They're diving behind walls. And the whole time Patty is sitting there just laughing his balls off because he had removed the detonator from the fucking grenade. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is either a prank or his way to just kind of make some kind of point to local French soldiers. Um because he didn't trust the French to operate hand grenades because apparently there had been an incident at some point when they were working with some French commandos. Okay. Um, where there was a negligent discharge with a fucking grenade. Yeah, um, okay. So he didn't trust them with explosives. Well, I mean. Um, at some point, depending on, on the source, he is approached by Captain David Sterling. So the agreed upon part is that David Sterling approaches him. Where it gets a bit fuzzy is whether he approached him in the barracks or if Sterling had spoken to Patty through jail bars. Um, Captain Sterling made him an offer that he absolutely would not refuse. He said, you can either sit here, either in jail, waiting for your court-martial, for who knows what the fuck drunken shenanigans you've gotten into, or you can join up with a new group of dudes, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, he had been recommended for this organization by his old buddy, Owen, um, who is also part of this group that uh, they're it's it's a group that's soon to be legendary. It's the Special Air Services or SAS. Um, And the SAS has one of the best mottos ever. Who dares wins, Um, which won out over. I'm assuming the one that Patty would have put forward of uh, I will fucking kill all of you, which doesn't really fit on a patch. Not you really. Know? <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to say, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I mean, it's a good motto. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you got to be a little bit PC when it comes to. No, you don't. I mean, this is the 40s. Like, yeah, but still, they, we, probably, they probably were thinking about the future. Listen, listen, we weren't even allowing black troops to fight with white troops still. So, <laughs> but listen, I'm still trying to I'm still saying that I think they were thinking a little bit ahead. And I don't were think like, they were. I just think they're like, wow, who dares wins? That sounds pretty badass. OK, listen, I'm thinking that Patty was that. just fucking wasted. I fucking kill all you put it on a patch. He's like uh, Conor McGregor. If you gave him a gun, you yeah, they're, and they're made like, him like normal human being size. You know, they're mostly like, ah, never mind him. He's Irish. OK, yeah. so, yeah, just never mind know. this fucking Mick. Yeah. Uh So in the summer of 1941, while still at the very beginning stages of its development, the SAS L detachment was preparing for war. The training would include, you know, your normal stuff like uh, land nav, desert nav, which is going to come in handy when you're about to invade an area and operate in it. That's approximately the size of the Indian subcontinent. Because that whole big ass chunk of Africa where we're fighting World War Two was huge. Yeah. It doesn't look it on the map. It's fucking huge. They're fighting across like 12 countries. Yeah. And since then, all of those countries have named, changed their names 19 to 20 times. Probably. Except like Libya, you know. And Morocco. Morocco. Maybe. I don't know. And their moles. Egypt. Egypt, probably. No. Yeah, no. Egypt, no. Okay, we'll, we'll give them like 95% of We didn't go now. into the Congo because they're like, mm-mm. Well, no. <laughs> we don't need to go there for nothing. No. We'll wait until after this war and then we'll 
support another war that's going on there so we can colonize it and take all their diamonds and shit. Yeah. 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 Just how it goes. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So we're not we're not the only bad guys out there. <laughs> we learned from you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you too, Uncle Ed. <laughs> yeah. So they also did some weird shit. Like, uh, you know, you have to learn how to land while you're parachuting. And when you don't have planes around, how do you do that? Well, you get a bunch of dudes into an open top Jeep and you get it going about 30 miles an hour and you just fucking jump out of it. Okay. Because <laughs> if you can if you can land jumping out of a moving vehicle like that and not break your ankles, you can probably jump out of an airplane and not break your ankles. I mean, maybe. You know, we'll find out. Hey, hard you know, down unknown. Who dares wins? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I dare you to jump out of a Jeep. Fuck you. Um, so, so after months and months of training, yeah. Pussy, you won't jump out of this. Jump, faggot. <laughs> Who the fuck you call? Ah! I'd call me a cigarette. Um, so after months and months of training, the unit would embark on Operation Squatter. <laughs> on November 16th of 1941. Oh, probably different squatter. Yeah. <laughs> that house looks nice. <laughs> oh, I, I went a different direction. I went with, like, operation, like, you know, hiding in the bushes for a shit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, this is where shit takes a tragic turn. Because uh, David Sterling decides to move forward <clears throat> with a really, really risky plan to drop in behind enemy lines. And he'd like looked at the forecasts and everything, and there was a storm coming. And he's like, ah, eh, who dares wins? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. I dare you to jump out of an airplane into a fucking storm. Come on. You know, um, so they, I double dog dare yeah. you. <laughs> they would end up uh, separating into five jump groups led by uh, Sterling, McGonagall, Patty, and two other men uh, whose names are kind of lost to history. And you'll find out why here in a second. The objective was to land each group at a separate target site. Um, they would then destroy the uh, German or Italian airfield and aircraft wherever they were, then regroup. Things went to shit immediately. Uh, not only had they jumped into a storm, they were jumping at night. Mm. Also a bad idea. Don't parachute at night. It's, mm. I mean, now it's not as bad, but back then it's a little fucking hairy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit sketchy. So when they jumped, they're scattered to the winds, um, just everywhere. Sterling knocked himself out upon leaving the aircraft, which to me means he caught the wind wrong and probably kicked himself in the head and knocked himself out. Uh, I've seen videos of that happening to guys during like uh, training jumps where the, you know, where you go out and the parachute deploys itself when it hits. And like that snapback, there's there's videos of guys where they when they snap back, their heads go forward and their feet come up and they'll fucking kick themselves in the head and knock themselves out. Ooh. Which thankfully your parachute's already open, so you really don't have to worry yeah. about it until you and your body land like a pile of bro, like be, dirty laundry on the ground. Oh yeah, but you're gonna be limp, so you're gonna be like, yeah. real, you know, fold nice and <laughs> well smooth. Well, unfortunately, Owen McGonagall didn't land nice and smooth because he broke his neck on impact. Oh. Um, so, but that was mostly because when he jumped, the wind had caught him and his chute didn't fully deploy. So he just kind of spiraled and uh, went down like a sack of shit. And if he had learned that magic, you know, he would have been okay. I'm just saying. This guy's a war hero, man. I mean, 
not really, I guess, but <laughs> he's got a great name. Um, but, you know, since Patty Maine has had a fucking horseshoe up his ass since he was born, he landed perfect. Zero entry, no concern, no problem. Overall, it's a complete fucking disaster because 40 of the 60 men that jumped were either killed or captured. Uh-huh. Okay. That leaves, if you're not good at math, 20 fucking dudes to do this job. Yeah. Well, I mean, Patty's like, what, 10 of <sighs> well, them? Well, Patty's like, you know what? We're going to keep going. We're going to do this shit. And he starts trying to prep his stuff, reaches into one of his bags to get his uh, to start prepping his pencil charges, which are just real thin little... Uh, plastic explosive charges. Yep. And as he's grabbing them, they're just kind of like falling apart in his hands because they got soaked through in the rain. Ooh. So his explosives are fucked. His detonators are fucked. Everything's soaked. And he had enough common sense to go, you know, grenades aren't really a great option against aircraft. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you can do a little bit of damage, but unless you're going to get in the cockpit, throw it in and fucking shut the hatch. True. Not going to work well. Plastic explosives, you can stick them to a wing, hit your detonators on them, take off and blow them up. Yep. Um, so sure. he very reluctantly calls off the attack. They try to get everybody back that they can and head back for base. So after this utter fucking disaster that resulted in the deaths and capture of most of the men, uh, they start changing tactics. Here's where they get a hold of... Uh, some jeeps and they start doing some shit to these jeeps unspeakable things you could say okay um they they remove the the jeeps they remove the windshields uh they start strapping uh 20 pound jerry cans of water and gasoline to them (laughs) okay i can i can see there's something going on here you know, they you know they, they they need a little extra mobility that's why they get rid of the windshields take the doors off um Mm-hmm. Start mounting guns on them anywhere between a Bren up to, you know, 30 millimeter belt feds. And in some cases, 50 calibers, you know, mm-hmm. like fucking flat cannons. And okay. uh, from here, they would just bomb around the African desert, attacking German ammo dumps, airstrips and camps, generally making life miserable for the German Africa Corps. So while out doing desert rat shit with his friends, he would be credited for... Uh, First off, with being the pioneer of using Jeeps in a combat situation like this. But more importantly, he is accredited with destroying somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 100 to 150 planes personally. That doesn't include his guys. That's just Patty's body count on airplanes. Okay. So, yeah, he kind of helped create the Desert Rats is where we're going here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, the guys that dress like fucking Nigel Thornberry and they're out there just blowing Germans away off Jeeps. Pretty rad. Hey, this would be the most fun part of World War Two would have been in, being in North Africa, just flying around in Jeeps and just machine gunning Germans like some Indiana Jones bullshit. I would have had so much fun. <laughs> would have been a fucking blast. Um, At least you think you would. Oh, I think it would have been great, dude, because these guys are shit faced the whole time they're out here doing this. I'd put money on it. I mean, Patty was. Wow. So, <laughs> just because Patty was doesn't mean everybody else. Oh, dude, was. I guarantee you, there was crates of whiskey at their at their fucking encampments. It's well, like I mean, just they, passing they, them up. Like, who wants to go fuck with some Germans? <laughs> Rattle the bottle, and they're like, "All right, let's do it." Um, what so, do you do in your off day? <laughs> go fuck with Germans. Yeah, 
That's what you do for work. That's what I do for fun, too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Exactly. Um, so to put this into perspective, if he was a fighter pilot and he had that many kills, that would make him an ace 30 times over because you need five kills to be an ace. So he would have been the True. most prolific fighter pilot ever. Yeah. <clears throat> There's one German dude during World War II that allegedly shot down like 300 Allied planes. I don't know about that. Uh, they confirmed about 100, but who knows? And that shit's in the air, which is... Yeah. You know. So these raids were designed more to kind of mess with the supply chain for the Germans, more so than to just kill everybody that they could. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, that was a... We're going to do that, too. Yeah. But we're mostly here to fuck with their supplies. Of course. So the first big success came December 14th, 1941, after a long string of failures. They assault the Wadi, uh, Wadi Tamat Airport that housed a, a pretty large fuel and ammo supply in the area. During the raid, Patty would end up crawling through a barbed wire fence and... Uh, kind of sneaking through the camp and doing some Metal Gear Solid shit. And he kind of, more than anything, stumbles into the pilot rec room. (laughs) Oh, hi, Boyles. (laughs) Lads, he says. Um, So he kicks the door in, levels his trusty Thompson, and proceeds to mow down every pilot that was unfortunate enough to have been born German or Italian. Well, I mean. Uh, He killed like 35 people right here. He just fucking hosed the room. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> okay. He was still in a good enough mood that he decided on his way out, let's blow up, you know, two dozen planes with Lewis bombs. Um, so Lewis bombs were um, basically it's a mix of plastic explosive and thermite with just a pinch of diesel for flavor. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, that meant yes. that when you, you hit the fuse for it, the thermite would react first. It would burn through whatever. Yep. So if you set it like up on the fuselage, it would burn through and then just kind of drop the plastic explosive in and fucking explode. So they're pretty rad. Um, so for all this, he would get another shout out in dispatches and earn the Distinguished Service Order. After this attack, Patty has one of the most badass quotes to have ever been quoted. When you enter a room full of the enemy, kill the first one that moves. He started to think and therefore is the most dangerous. Aha. Uh-huh. Very smart man. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, some dudes is like, it could it could have even been the first guy to be like, oh shit, and put his hands up. He's yeah. like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> he didn't surrender. He was, he was, he was thinking about something else. He was going, he was coming right at me. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it was, it, he was, it was reaching was, for my weapon. Yep. Uh, I didn't have happened. time to deploy my taser. Yep. I must have bumped my body camera on the way in. Shit. I don't know what happened. I just, oh, you know, my, my trigger finger hit the thing and. Things happen. And... My brain sent a message. <laughs> Something got crossed up, and my I killed everybody. Fi- my trigger finger did not receive that message. Yeah. It, was... it was trying to tell me to give him the middle finger. Yeah. And I squeezed the wrong one. Yeah. Because it's like those Terminator hands from back in the 90s where I had to squeeze them to yeah. get them to do whatever. I just, I fucked up, man. This fucking shit. And God I figured after I it. shot the first one, like, what's another 34? Like, of course. I mean. They were there. They saw me do it. You sh- Yeah. You can't leave witnesses. No. Especially not Germans. Exactly. So later that month, he would lead another uh, raid with uh, a total of five commandos who slam fuck another 27 planes into the ground. Okay. As they're leaving, like Patty is actively getting into his Jeep and he happens to look over 
and see that there's a hangar that's wide open. And in well, that hangar, you just listen. You you can't just leave well enough enough alone. He sees something. He's like, "There's got to be something to do here." I feel like this is that moment in like a like a romance movie where he looks over and he's just like, "Oh my!" And they just like just immediately falls in yeah, love. Yeah, and you hear that fucking music. It's and- a, that song from fucking Dirty Dancing, and it's just like everything slow motion. And he just looks and he's like, "Wow!" And what he's looking at. Is this real sexy, completely undamaged Messerschmitt ME109? Ah, and he's like, I gotta get me a piece of that. So it's that uh, that whole uh, scene from uh, you know uh, Top Gun. You never close your eyes. No, this is where he, like he's gonna run at the plane and he jumps. And the plane catches him and holds him up. Ah, and, no, he puts no. baby in the corner. I- <laughs> time of my life. Yeah. yeah. So Patty not being one to leave unfinished work. Well, of course not. Fucking whips open the cockpit. Yep. And is like, I don't have anything to blow this thing up. Steal it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Even okay. better. He grabs a hold of the control panel mm. and just rips the motherfucker out of the airplane. <laughs> okay. And runs back to the Jeep with it. Well, that's his prize. He's like it's more like, uh, you know, when you see videos of people rioting and you'll yeah. see some dude come running out of a store and he's got shit and he's like, I didn't even know what I grabbed. I just grabbed stuff and ran off. Of course. It's kind of what I picture here. And he just hops back in the Jeep with this fucking control panel and they beat feet back into the desert. Why do you have a control panel? I don't fucking I don't know. know. Everything happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Things happened. Stuff happened. Yeah. I ripped. Okay. Um, I heard footsteps. <laughs> so on another mission, he and Sterling drove a truck full of five commandos. Up to a German encampment. Man. I almost feel like we should do the break before I get into this story, because this shit's good. Okay, let's do a break, Uh, and then we'll come back. So, they're pulling up to the encampment here, and this is where we're going to take a quick break. So, he would send out the only German speaker in the entire truck to go talk to the guards. Um... (laughs) And the only guy in the truck that happens to uh, to speak German has this to say. So he's he's obviously asked, you know, about a password for entry to get back into the base. And he says, quote, how the fuck do we know the, what the fucking password is? Don't you ask for our fucking identity cards either. They were lost and we've been fighting the last 70 hours against these fucking Tommies. Our car was destroyed and we got lucky enough to capture this British truck and get back here at all. Some fool put us on the wrong road. We've been driving for the past two hours. And then you so-and-so sitting here on your asses in Benghazi in a nice, safe job. Stop us. So hurry up and get the fucking gate open. <laughs> so this whole time, Patty has no idea what this guy's saying. All he knows is that this Englishman is screaming at a German at a fucking base. Yeah. And being uh, more of a light assault kind of force, they don't have a lot of weapons. All Patty has with him right here is the 1911. He's got it on his lap and he is white knuckling this pistol. And then he realizes... He's got an itchy trigger finger. No. So he's he's just shitting his pants here. He's getting a boner. And uh, Come he's, on. he's convinced shit's about to get real hot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the gate opens. Which is really good, because when Patty looked down, he didn't, re- <laughs> he didn't realize that the magazine in his pistol wasn't in all the way, and there wasn't one in the chamber. <laughs> So that would have meant that he would have had to like slap, rack, and then get ready to fight. That see see, which is a bad idea. 
You, yeah, you think that's like a, a bad thing, really? That's like, okay, he gave him, he bought them an extra like two seconds because he gave them the the head start. Yeah, but two seconds is a long time with an MP40. <laughs> yeah, but for him, it, it was it was a, it was a handicap, a small Dude, handicap. I'm not Patty Main, and I carry one in the chamber. Okay, but like I said, it's a sm- it's I I I'm gonna say this is probably not true, but. I think it was, it was, you know, it was uh, intentional because, you know. It was a challenge to himself. Yes. He's not Scottish. He's Irish. Wh- whatever. That's why the Scots are such raging alcoholics because they had, they had shit for so bad for so long that now they drink a bunch to make things challenging. Yeah, but still. Yeah. He, he's he's Irish. Irish. They've been challenged plenty. Now they're just like, fuck it. I got potatoes. I'm ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was all out of potatoes, and he... <laughs> I came here to kick ass and eat potatoes, and I'm all out of potatoes. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's sad because that's a famine joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, put so the they... damn glasses on. <laughs> so they move the truck into the base very carefully, um, and as soon as they get in, the dudes in the back just fucking open up. They shot everything that was German, everything that was moving. They fucking, they're shooting German troops. They're shooting airplanes. They're shooting half tracks. They're shooting trucks. They shot their own fucking truck. (laughs) Did that dog just speak German? It did. Um, You're dead. (laughs) So they ended up destroying a bunch of shit and then just fucking skedaddle back into the desert. Well, of course. Um, Which when I say destroyed a bunch of shit, I mean the truck that they were also driving. Because they, they fucked up. They shot their own truck up, and it just doesn't drive anymore. <laughs> Whoops. Um, March 15th, they attack another airfield. Um, this time it's at 3 a.m. They blow up the fuel dumps. Uh, they blow up 15 aircraft and a pretty sizable uh, ammo supply. But, of course, it wouldn't be a Patty Main story without something going completely upside down. They ended up missing their extraction point, where they would have had a really, really sweet ride home. Would have been able to fucking nap in the back of the truck, but they missed it. And instead they had to hump it 30 miles back on foot. So that in case you're not familiar, 30 miles is a long goddamn way to walk. Yeah. Especially in the desert. Yeah. But at least they're doing it when it's cold and not in the middle of fucking day. True. Um, so July 7th, 1942, they hit yet another airfield. Oh boy, they blow up 34 aircraft this time, which would actually be, they didn't know it at the time, but this was a huge victory for the British, just this little attack in the airfield here, because this would cripple the air force, the air backup that the Germans would have at the Battle of El Alamein, Uh which would lead to the Allies winning that battle, which was pretty crucial. Um, because this put the allies in control of some of the bigger oil fields in Egypt, um, which it may be shocking, but oil is kind of important for wars. (coughs) Iraq. (coughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, and the failure at El Alamein would force Rommel and his forces back to Tunisia. And within six months, the bad guys are completely out of North Africa. Yeah. So Patty Maine just kicked Erwin Rommel's dick around in the dirt and then handed it back to him. was like, here you go, buddy. Seemed like a nice guy, but you're still a Nazi. Get fucked. You know, um, another, <laughs> another fun one. 
So after they raided the Fuka airfield, a superior had asked Patty on his return how things went. And he says, It was a bit of a trick this time. They posted a bloody sentry on every plane. I had to knife them before I planted the bombs. <laughs> of course. So the commander is like kind of taken aback by this. And he's like, well, how many how many did you kill? And Patty just kind of like looked at him and uh, by all accounts looked at him and just kind of scratched his head and went, 17? <laughs> like he had to think about it for a second. 17, right. I guess. Do I count that one or not? Does he... Yeah, okay, I will count that one. I mean, a score plus three? Maybe. Yeah, 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 17, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was, okay, yeah. I mean, fucking Patty's built different here. He's a yeah. <laughs> he's a freak of nature. Uh, July 26, 1942. 18 armed jeeps full of SAS commandos, and I don't, uh, I didn't know this was a thing, but also French commandos, armed with Vickers K machine guns. Um, so the Vickers K was the machine gun that the British mounted on their aircraft, like their fighter aircraft. So it's a pretty badass machine gun. They roll up into another airfield. Uh, they're driving in a, a pretty sizable V formation. Yeah. In the dark with no headlights on because they're that fucking good. As they approach the field, all the lights from the base kind of snap on at the same time. They came to a real quick halt. I was going to say a screeching halt, but you can't screech on sand, so a dusty halt, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> because they thought they were spotted. What was actually going on is that a bomber was landing on the runway, and the lights had to be turned on so they could see where they were landing. Now knowing that they hadn't been spotted, Patty gives the order to just go. And uh, they would ram through the gates again in a V formation, Vickers just spitting round after round nonstop. And of course they have tracer rounds in there. Um, and tracer rounds are also incendiary in case anybody didn't yep. know that. Um, so of the planes on the ground at the time, which is a variety of everything from fighter jets to bombers, cargo planes, shit like that. The crowds would end up returning fire and kill only one man. The rats then headed out after making a complete mess. They destroyed 40 German airplanes um, and uh, they killed another 40 to 50 German soldiers that were on the ground as well. <sighs> so I know I'll get some shit from this, from the British large scale fuck up Bernard Montgomery. Um, this is the guy that orchestrated uh, market garden that okay. didn't want to listen to uh, Eisenhower and go, you know, maybe jumping in the middle of where Eisenhower was like jumping in the middle of the day is a bad idea. And Montgomery's like, nah, fucking yeah. stiff upper lip, British things. And they proceeded to get fucking destroyed for the most part. Um, he wanted to make a statement. So he ordered the SAS to pick up 100 new members and didn't give them enough time to train them up to the high standard of the SAS. Then he wants them to attack the Benghazi Harbor. He wants this done like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So we're taking a bunch of green fuck you know, like a bunch of green fucking dudes with us to go do this. And they're not up to the standard where we need them to be. But because Montgomery said, no, 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 just do it. We have to. They would travel 1400 miles through the desert to make this attack happen. Even though there was reports getting back to allied high command in Cairo, where they were intercepting German communications 
where the Germans knew this attack was coming. And they still had to carry it out because, you know, again, who dares wins? Got to do it. Just outside of the city, they're ambushed at a checkpoint. And uh, here, Patty just goes, fuck this. Not happening. And he turns back. Pretty much the entire way back, they're being harassed by Luftwaffe pilots. Not like, you know, you know, windows down like, fuck you, you guys. No, no, they're like being shot at by fucking uh, fighter fighter jets here. Jets, Mm -hmm. airplanes. Um, at one point in time, Patty's making some evasive maneuvers to avoid being shot and drops one of his guys out of the Jeep. Um, Patty does some fancy shit here and eventually outruns the plane and then turns right back around to go get his guy that got thrown out of the fucking Jeep. So he, he might be a maniac, but he's got a, you know, he's not going to leave some dude there to get fucking tortured by the Germans. I mean, at least he, at least they weren't fighting the Japanese where that would have been, um, the Japanese deserved what they got. Um, so at the tail end of October that year, they would set up a small base behind enemy lines near El, uh, El Alamein. From here, they would beat the brakes off of Rommel's forces. And, uh, mostly when these guys were out making supply runs, they'd ambush them on the side of the road and stuff like that. So <laughs> this is actually another really fun little story. Um, SAS second Lieutenant John Wiseman recalls the very first time he met the drunken beast. That was Patty Maine. quote. After having a lot of rum, Patty decided that I would look good with half a beard. He knocked me to the ground and pinned me to the floor and then shouted, get me my throat cut. He was handed the knife and he took away half my beard dry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So there was this enormous man sitting atop me with a knife. I thought I would be killed. After that, nothing in the war caused me any fear. Yeah. (laughs) This guy is a fucking psycho. Yeah. If this happened not in wartime, he'd be in jail. But because it happened during a war and he's a drunk asshole, like, it's great. So in January of 1943... Sterling is captured Uh, and the SAS would then be shuffled around and kind of split up where they would now have the special boating service and the special rating service. And Patty is put uh, Patty, who is now a major would be put in charge of the rating half of the special forces. He and his boys would go abroad to Sicily and Italy for the rest of the year. Now they're seeing the sights, they're taking in the food and the culture, you know, killing some Nazis Really just living the dream. You know, good, wholesome family Italian vacation like you see in the Olive Garden commercials, you know? <laughs> when you're here, you're family. Yeah. <laughs> January 10th, they would land on Capo Muro de Porco, uh, which is in Sicily. <laughs> and I hate how easily that came out. Oh, de Porco. Oh, my God. A bunch of Porcos, huh? Yeah. So they would capture... Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 Italian troops and a couple of machine gun nests. Uh-huh. Grand total for the good guys, 450 enemy captured, 200 killed. And that was a huge blow, uh, which would actually allow um, fought, like allied forces that were behind them to just basically land and walk up the fucking beach. 
like they were there having fun. Yeah. They probably took their boots off and walked up barefoot, just you know, really enjoy the sand between exactly. their toes. You know, like they're on vacation yeah. in Maine. Yeah. It's great. It's anywhere. Perfect. Anywhere yeah. there's water. They rolled their fucking their yep. their pant legs yep. up. They brought their little buckets and, sh- and shovels and shit. They made some sand castles and then they're of like, course. okay, yeah, tides coming in. I guess we got to go kill the Italians now. Uh, yeah. But hold on, hold on, did you did you put up the moat? You know. Get the picture quick. Uh, <laughs> so the very next day, they landed in Augusta. Make sure not to step on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he kicked it over. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so the very next day, they landed in the in uh, in Augusta in the middle of the day. Patty personally, as a fucking major, led the assault through machine gun fire and right up the atta- uh, the uh, right up the ass of the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> right up their asses. Yes. Yeah. Right up their old fucking spaghetti knots. Uh, hey. So this started, this attack started at about 1030 that morning. Mm-hmm. By the time the sun went down, they controlled the city. Okay. <laughs> so it just shows how good the Italians have been at war since the fucking Roman Empire collapsed. They don't, The French get so much shit for being bad at war when the Italians have been worse at it for way longer. It's not fair. True. You know? True, because, you know, France wasn't a nation state. What was the last time the Italians won a war? Pretty sure the leader's name had fucking Caesar at the beginning of it. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. The French, they were good, like, up in, like, shit, they were good in World War One. Yeah. You know? I mean, they were. But it's because, again, because the Vichy French government. So January 1944, he is promoted to lieutenant colonel and put in command of the newly refer, uh, newly reformed 1st SAS Regiment. At this point, high command told him, due to his current rank, he's not allowed to go out and do goon shit with his guys anymore. So, Patty's sad. <laughs> he goes, Patty's sad. Basically, he's like, but I won't go do anything if you let me go with him. <laughs> you know, I'll be a good boy. <laughs> and he's like, ba- he said, I will not be involved in any direct action fighting. It's basically saying, I'll be a good boy. May shock you, but he didn't keep his promise. <laughs> no shit. Cause that would have been a real sad way to end the story. Just be like, Oh yeah. And then he just fucking stopped fighting. And yeah, he just gave it up. He became Dick Winters and just stood there and watched it. Yeah. No, who, who, who didn't really want to, no, to, to, you know, fucking reluctant the... leader. No, yeah, because Dick Winters was like, "I want to fight. You can't fight, <laughs> but Dick. I want to kill Germans. <laughs> no, Dick, you can't. <laughs> oh, come on." <laughs> so from here, they would take the greatest show on dirt on the road. <laughs> That's a callback to our Patreon episode last week with the greatest show on turf. They would fall from the sky and to Fortress Europa in the days leading up to D Day. Once on the ground, they got right back to their old ways, uh, minus the Jeeps, for the most part. <laughs> Same shit, different continent. <laughs> they didn't blow up any Jeeps. <laughs> no, they're blowing up communication centers, destroying railways, raiding supply lines, uh, fucking with the railroads. You know, uh, I mean, again, doing doom shit. Uh, they would then link up with local French resistance fighters and uh, worked with them to run reconnaissance missions and... Uh, just to be a general pain in the ass for the Nazis. Yeah. They resurfaced again on August 19th, uh, somewhere near uh, Orleans, 
to meet uh, to start meeting up with friendly forces. They would then push through German lines, machine gunning Krauts with their new Jeeps that they had finally acquired, um, which I'm sure made Patty the happiest Mick in France. Uh-huh. You know, they would get back with the resistance fighters and ambush enemy columns and destroy infrastructure to slow the movement of reinforcements who are now headed from north central France back up towards the uh, the Normandy coast. Because the German plan was they're coming in this way off the coast. We want to start to push them back to the water. Yeah. And in case you're not familiar with history, it's not how this shit works anymore. No. Because at this point, we got involved. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, <clears throat> Angry brother got involved. Yeah. It, we were more like the pissed off teenage stepson of the British Empire at this it's point true. in time. It's true. You're not my fucking dad. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Just fucking smoking cigarettes and reloading ammo in the basement, listening yeah. to The Cure. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. us. Uh, yeah. Of course. And because we weren't allowed to send Marines to Europe. We're, we're the, or, or, you know, or we could be like, you know, the, just the pissed off. Yeah. Do you know how much quicker that would have ended World War II? If we had just mentioned the rumor, oh no, they're not sending the army. They're sending the Marines because the Germans were fucking terrified of U.S. Marines during World War One because the U.S. Marines were committing war crimes in the trenches with shotguns, which by the way, led to protests in Germany. They shouldn't be allowed to use shotguns. That's not fair. Says the country that created fucking mustard gas. This is when they weren't cocksuckers. Eating. This is between their sessions of eating crayons. Yeah. I mean, this is before they they, <laughs> they hadn't acquired a taste for crayons yet. It's, it's like, coming soon. It's like a tiger. Once it, once it gets a taste for human flesh, that's all it wants. They're like, ooh, crayons. They're nice. We don't mm. want these fucking rose art bullshit. We want Crayola, motherfucker. Yeah. They taste better. Exactly. It's the difference between fucking Coca-Cola and Sam's Club. Uh-huh. We have Crayola. <laughs> really taste the, 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 the purple more with them, you know? Yes. It's just much. a joke. I know there's Marines that listen to the show. You guys are awesome. I don't Whatever. care. Fuck you. <laughs> Again, we're both from Army families, <laughs> yes. so. Uh, so, being in Europe instead of being in Africa did not curb Patty's drinking, believe it or not. Because, you know. They kind of make alcohol in France, like a lot of it. You know, you got wine, cognac. Yeah, they, they make some booze in France. There's a, a story about him visiting the city of Le Mans, which uh, after the Allies had taken the city, he was seen riding through the streets on the back of his Jeep, just firing a fucking 50 caliber up into the air, like a just giant belt-fed machine gun on the back of his Jeep. He was just shooting it off. Like, up in the air. Just not even aiming at anything. Just wasting fucking ammo. Um, and nowadays, that's like $10 a round, dude. So, fucking that's right. coming out of your fucking allowance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, when a group of American MPs caught up with him, they arrested him. They took him to stand in front of the man. The man being George fucking Patton. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patton tried to address him as a superior officer, which he was. Patty weren't having it. Uh, he tore Pat in a new asshole until he was dismissed. <laughs> it takes some huge balls to look at George Patton and go, you know what? Fuck you, yeah. motherfucker. 
the fuck out of my face. And he's like, dude, I'm a general. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you're selling insurance. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, <laughs> I, I've been killing people since I was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. So one American onlooker said that as Patty stumbled away under support of two of his men from his makeshift court martial, he stopped, turned, and slurred to uh, George Patton. I hope I didn't frighten your men and then tipped his cap and walked away. <laughs> so this is just Patty being big dick Patty, like for no reason. <laughs> oh God. I fucking love this guy. I know I, I say it every time we do a badass. This guy might be the craziest one we've done so far. He's definitely my favorite. And I'm like, I love Jack Churchill, but this guy is just fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh God damn it. Okay. So after all the shit that he's put the Germans through, Hitler would finally release what was referred to as the commando order. Uh-huh. So we talked about this in the Jack Churchill episode. Um, basically, if any German troop captured a British commando, they were to execute them on sight. The one time they didn't do it was with Jack Churchill because they're like, oh, shit, he's Winston Churchill's brother, and they're not even fucking related. Yeah. But, you know. He had the right last names so for like, nah, we should hold on to him just in case. Yeah, you know, he could be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you, could you imagine if we did this during the Mexican American War? Like, oh shit, his last name's Ruiz. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck. There's so many. I know. We can't kill any of them. <laughs> Tie him up. Put him in front of Home Depot. Ole, trabajo, trabajo. Mo? Mo? Okay. Hop See? in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and I love migrant workers. They're great people. I'm not yeah. gonna, you know. I drank beer watch wrestling with them while I was on the clock one time, so it's you know, they're good folks. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing against them. They fucking do are doing a job that uh lazy fucks don't want to do. They took our jobs because you won't fucking do them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out there and pull tits. Milk cows, motherfucker. Yeah, stop being a lazy fucking on welfare. I went to college. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Put some mud boots on and get your ass out there. You went to college. Okay, well, who gives a shit? Uh, you don't have a job right There's now. Go get a job. to yank. So, commence <laughs> like, to yanking. It's like, I have a college degree and uh, I have a job. And it has nothing to do with my degree. So, uh, go fucking you, do your you job. You and fucking 70% of other people that went to college, believe it or not. It's just, it is what it is, man. No, I'm just saying that that's like a shocking statistic to me. That like 70% of people that graduate from college go into a field completely different than what they went to college for. Because uh, around my time when I went to college, it was uh, you were told if you don't go to college, you won't make anything of your life. Yeah. And which turns out that's not true. Yeah. Look at me. No student loan debts and shit. It's yeah. pretty cool. And it's plenty of other debt, but, you know, just not for going to college. So not long after the uh, after the commando order would be put out, the second SS Panzer Division moved into the town of uh, Orador Sir Galine. It's French. I'm not going to even pre- okay. pretend to know how to say it. <clears throat> so this is a pretty well known hiding spot for resistance fighters, and as far as the SS was concerned, it would also be a good place to quote find commandos. Mm. Um. On June 10th of 1944, 642 men, women, and children, which was the entirety of this town, uh, would be rounded up, brought to the village square, and mowed down with machine guns. 
They would then be brought into the local church and the building was burned down around them because they were all commandos and resistance fighters as far as the SS was concerned. Um, so not, not long after that, an SAS unit would be ambushed by the same SS division that was near the now dead town. The SAS would kill 20 of the Germans, uh, but in return, 32 SAS members would be captured, um, walked off to the side of the woods, uh, uh, next to a, a ditch on the side of the road and just fucking executed and left in the ditch. So what the reason that they were so easily captured and overwhelmed is because they were a less effective unit at the time than the SS was because they were so lightly armed. Yeah. After this particular attack, they were told that, listen, you're not going out there with just a fucking handgun anymore. You need to have people with 30 caliber carbines, Stens, Brens. We don't care. Just don't go out there with a fucking handgun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's stupid. You need something odds. with some range. It's a force multiplier. Yeah. So the next big SAS action will be rescuing some downed American pilots. And uh, after they do this, they call in an airstrike and turn back a force of over a thousand Germans that were attacking the area. This is Patty's revenge for the dead uh, for the dead SAS troops on the side of the road. Here's his real big one, though. April 9th, 1945, he and his boys are leading the Canadian 4th Armored Division, um, obviously out in front of the convoy, clearing the way, making sure that they're... They're basically doing, like, recce to keep distance between them and the armor mm. so that if they run into anything, they can call back to them and go, okay, this is what's going on. Either A, get your asses up here and blow these guys out of the water, or B, turn the fuck around while you can. Yeah. Um, so, as they're approaching the city of Oldenburg, the front two vehicles get hammered. Uh, he, ha- he ends up hauling ass personally from about the middle of the column all the way up to the front to see what's going on. So, he gets up there and he finds his guys battered, surrounded, outnumbered, outgunned. He jumps off of his Jeep and runs into the nearest town. Uh, yeah, nearest town. Runs into the nearest house and kills everyone inside. He doesn't remember how many people were in this house. All he knows is he killed them all with a handgun. Just fucking, clack, 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 you know, just hosing Germans with a 1911. That's how it goes. Um, But this is also the same guy that handed down the command of don't go into combat with just a fucking handgun. But he's like, I'm Patty fucking Maine. I don't even need a gun. Yeah. I can go in here and scare these guys to death. Exactly. <laughs> um, so after he clears out this first house, he walks out the, the kind of like the side back door and sees one of his guys dead on the ground. He just so happens to have an ammo bag and a Bren, which the Bren was the British light machine gun. Um, you've probably seen pictures of them, like old war movies or whatever. They kind of look like a BAR, but the mm-hmm. magazine loads in the top. Yeah. Big, hefty fucking thing. Um, have you ever seen uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? It's been so long. Okay. So the guys with all the weed, when somebody starts banging on the door at the cage, get me Bren gun! And he goes running off, this fucking little wiry dude comes back with this huge fucking rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a Bren. Yeah, yeah, I know what a Bren is, yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Patty grabs up the ammo bag and the bread and, uh, continues clearing houses. 
mm. by himself. He ended up clearing almost a full block of houses by himself. <laughs> he then gets back, remounts his Jeep, orders the gunner to get on the Vickers and strap on his big boy balls because they're going to do something stupid. They're going Nazi hunting. He drove the Jeep directly into the teeth of the German line. And uh, it, it, it kind of have to pause here, okay, to really paint the picture of exactly what's going on. Okay. He's driving a Jeep, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a dude on the back, on the Vickers, just laying out hate. And I forgot to mention Chekhov's Bren. Uh, so while he's steering, driving, uh, like, you know, steering and shifting, he's also firing the goddamn Bren gun with his, <laughs> with his free hand. Jesus. <laughs> so he's got it draped across the dash. And he's just fucking firing this motherfucker off in every direction. Yeah. They circle back, and then again, and then again. And the whole time, they're just chasing Germans around the fucking town center, shooting at them and then in a Jeep. Um, so a British officer that was there actually witnessed this entire thing. And he said, The sheer audacity and daring he showed while driving his Jeep across their field of fire momentarily confused the enemy, which, I mean, fucking no shit. He would, uh, after everything was said and done, he would end up stopping the Jeep and uh, ordering his uh, his gunner to keep firing while he's piling in dead and injured into the back of his Jeep. He picked up like nine or ten dudes in this one Jeep. Okay. He would then bring them back behind, almost back to like the, the, the armored column to get him back to safety and out of the line of fire. He then rallied his guys with as many Jeeps as they could get and personally led a flanking attack up a side road where they came up through and they wiped out the entire German force that was still there and did not lose a single man on the second attack. Wow. Yeah. So after this battle, he would kind of go off the rails again. And uh, he got back into his, his drinking pretty heavily, uh, more so than normal. Um, a lot of people said that at this point in time, he started kind of going quiet. He was spending more time by himself, uh, doing a lot of reading. Um, a lot of people say that it was because of um, the loss of McGonagall, who be- he was really good friends with. Mm. And then with Sterling being captured, he's like, fuck, you know. I think there's a lot of survivor's guilt there. Like, why didn't they capture me? Why is he dead? You know? Um and another contributing factor to this binge was that he found out while he was out in the field that his father died. Um, so he requested leave for services and was denied. This kind of, it kind of crushed him, you know? Of course. There's an account of him going back to Egypt for, you know, he was, he was summoned back to uh, central command in, in Cairo. Um, and while he was there, he got, again, completely shit-faced and starts looking for an English journalist. I forgot to put the guy's name in here. I can't remember what it was. Um, but he wasn't a real big fan of this guy because the guy was kind of iffy about how he reported things. Um, mm. This is also a guy that started a rumor that the reason that Patty had shut down after all of this is because him and McGonagall were an item. Uh, like biblically an item yeah, I and, uh, and uh, Patty didn't like that. Like 
he, he wouldn't end up having any kids or anything like that, but pretty sure he wasn't gay and he didn't like that anybody would insinuate that he was gay. So his goal is to find this guy and beat the living shit out of him. Jesus. Um, unfortunately he never found him cause the guy would actually been called back to London to the paper. Um, he probably beat the shit out of somebody though. Cause you know, he was there and drunk. Of course. He would end up retiring from the military after the war and he would join up with the Falkland Island survey department. Um, but he didn't stay with them very long because he had accrued some back injuries over the year, uh, over the years, um, probably from carrying the entire fucking SAS on his back across two continents might have something to do with it or his giant nuts. <laughs> I'm undecided. Um, little of both. So after that, he returned to, uh, to, uh, Newtonards and, uh, he went back to work for the same law firm. Now they'd mm. be like, Hey, yeah, fuck it. Come on back in. Um, People that were close to him said that he rarely spoke about anything that happened in the war, which mm-hmm. is pretty common. Um, he also said that um, they said that the thing, another thing that really bothered him was he couldn't go to rugby matches anymore because his back injury was so bad that he couldn't sit in the bleachers without being uncomfortable. So yeah. he couldn't, he couldn't go watch rugby, which he really liked doing. Um, on December 13th, 1955, he attended a meeting of the Friendship Lodge, which is a Masonic temple in Bangor, uh, or Bangor, if you're from Maine. Um, so he's he's deep in his cups with some friends, and he decides to call it a night. The next morning, he'd be found dead in his Riley Roadster after colliding with some random piece of farm equipment that was traveling up Mill Street in, New- in uh, Newtonards. Um, hundreds of people, like hundreds of people, showed up to pay their respect in his funeral service. Um, before he was laid to rest in his family plot above, like up on the the hill above town. Yeah. For all of his batshit crazy antics, he would be awarded the 1939 to 1945 star, the Africa star, Italy star, France and Germany star, defense medal, um, and the companion of distinguished service order and three bars. So the initial award was. From February 24th, 1942. The first bar was October 21st, 1943. And the third bar was March 29th, 19... I'm sorry. The first bar was October 21st, 1943. Second bar was March 29th, 1945. And the third was um, October 11th, 1945 for uh, the craziness that he did in uh, Oldenburg. Okay. The French would... Offer, would uh, would award him the officer of the Legion of Honor. He would be the first foreigner to receive this medal. Wow. Uh, and they also gave him the Croix de Guerre, which is the French Medal of Honor. Yeah. Because he was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So you might be thinking to yourself, how didn't he get a Victoria Cross? Well, self, the British government had reviewed his actions overall, uh, his leadership, courage, coolness under pressure. And when his actions were reviewed, the man reading it misread the report. He read it as multiple actions instead of a singular action Hmm. and decided that he didn't qualify for it. So because some fucking pencil pusher misread a paragraph, this guy didn't receive what he was. Well, he had earned. Okay. Not that he probably would have cared about it. He would have given a fuck, but. He should have gotten it. Yeah. Um, 
So after years of petitioning uh, and kind of like fighting for on his behalf, um, a group would go to uh, Parliament and be like, listen, th- this report was fucked up. This is not how it actually happened. This guy deserves this. It's, it was like mm-hmm. a Veterans Affairs kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they still said, no, sorry. Um, he did get a road named after him in his hometown in 1997. Um, and then they put a small, a slightly smaller than life-size statue of him in town as well. Um, in 2003, a temporary British camp in Kuwait was named in his honor, uh, Camp Blair, Maine. Um, and the overall British commander for the forces that they would send to Iraq actually gave a pretty, uh, pretty hot speech i guess because it got the boys all fired up to want to go uh go fucking kick saddam in the balls um patty main died at the age of 40 he packed a lot of crazy shit into 40 years um and he's one of the most decorated and possibly the craziest man that's ever fought for the british army ever um so that's that's patty main man uh, <laughs> i hey. fucking love this guy I want to be Patty Main when I grow up. So, but you know, it's uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing that you know he he went through battle, all this shit, and what did him in? <laughs> DUI. A DUI. Yeah. And a fucking goddamn piece of farm equipment, dude. He died like so many people around here die. A single car accident, fucking drunk because they hit something. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like my, my father-in-law, uh, Shelby's stepdad, told me that like when he first moved up here in the 70s or whatever from Long Island, he had never heard of a single car accident. He's like, what the hell is that? Like, it's, you know, somebody hit something with their car. It's like, just one of them? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, a single car accident. That's how it goes. Alcohol is usually a factor. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a good little episode. Fucking right it was. Yeah, if uh, you want to hear... Uh... Some little extra stuff. Why don't you head on over to patreon.com and forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. You weren't exactly little either. We're at an hour 50. <laughs> well, um, you'll be able to find uh, some extra episodes Hell yeah. of this shit if you want to listen to them. Pay $5 a month. You get to listen to them all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, got some pretty and good you'll ones. you'll get some stickers. I mean, yeah. you get some stickers. Yeah. Also, you can uh, go on over to facebook and you'll find us over there dark windows podcast uh we're on instagram at dark windows pod yep uh if you want to email us we kept forgetting about that dark windows pod at gmail.com if you want to you know just drop us a line and say you know i'm convinced nobody emails anymore yes yeah, it's true. all done over facebook true you know if you want to just say hey you're shitty or you know whatever you can you can you can message me personally and you know, then I'll just respond to you personally and say you're shitty too. You know, and he'll take it personally. <laughs> but you know, just going, oh, a troll. You know, happens. yeah. But if you message me personally and tell me I'm shitty, well, then I'm gonna. And Ben, don't message me and tell me I'm shitty. I'll tell you you're shitty to your face. <laughs> you will. That's okay. You know, I'm really not shitty. I try to be. Yeah, kind of though. Yeah, We're okay. all shitty. I know. I'll admit. I'll be the first person to admit that I'm a piece of shit though. Okay. You know. No. Anyway, also, uh, one last thing. Go on over to a little place we love, studio.com, and check them out. They have the 
Bluetooth headphones, earbuds, and speaker. Find what you want, put it in your basket, put the promo, and then go to checkout, put the promo code of DARKWINDOWS15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. I, You guys couldn't see him, but the, the wheels were spinning. I start pushing my fingers in my ears. I'm like, earbuds. I was already getting there, dickhead. Yeah. I farted. You were taking a minute, too. <laughs> Listen, that was the last thing I was going to talk about. Oh, that's fine. Gosh. Hey, uh, roll that motherfucker for me. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Because you've got a history episode next week. Yeah. Because we tried to roll it like four fucking times, and you just kept getting history, so. Well, you just kept getting badasses. We're not rolling yeah, on don't that. don't roll it on that. No. I'm not going to. Oh, I was saying, don't roll it on that. All right. Crime. Yes. Fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. It's too easy Man, for Man, I was really worried it was going to be a cryptid or something, but I get to do a crime episode? Cool. Oh, uh, anyway. So, we'll be back next week with a history episode. Yep. So, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Bye. You done? Okay, bye. <laughs>